8. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met Jesus. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. <coughs> Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there, on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with a great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. These words from the Apostle Paul have been used for centuries to show how God's future looks different from the world we live in. Describing ways we divide ourselves as humans with distinctions and identities and titles, and how our baptism, our faith in Jesus, calls us to be one together. Through Jesus, we are all children of God. Scholars, theologians, pastors, and people of faith for generations have used these verses to talk about our distinctions and differences. I have heard this text used as a call for churches towards inclusion for all people, regardless of ethnicity, economic status, gender identity, race, age, sexual orientation, physical or mental ability, any of the long list of distinctions that could separate us from one another. These words from Galatians remind us all who are baptized are children of God and one in Christ, no matter the differences. I, I wonder, though, if in our attempts to be inclusive and to welcome all people, in our attempts to all be one in Jesus, we sometimes lose part of each other's stories. We gloss over our differences. We don't always lift up our experiences, our distinctions as gifts, from God, and we don't always do a good job of seeking out those who are different from us and are in need of welcome. 
And sometimes we use these words from Galatians as the basis for that. We say these differences don't exist because we are being made one in Jesus, so why should we pay attention to them? I've seen this sort of statement a lot around welcoming church communities, but it seems to me that who we are does matter to Jesus. Throughout Jesus' life and ministry, he shows examples of why the identity of those he meets matters. Throughout our Gospels, Jesus is encountering those who may have once been excluded because of human distinctions and welcoming them in, not in spite of who they are, but because of who they are. Our Gospel reading from Luke today is another one of those moments in Jesus' ministry. Jesus travels to the land of the Gerasenes, a land far away from his home, and the Gerasene man who meets Jesus is a Gentile. He's possessed, living in the tombs with dead bodies, running naked in the wild. Those in the neighboring city are trying to guard him, shackle him, and bind him. They don't want him anywhere near them. And this man just comes right up to Jesus as the boat makes shore. As Jesus steps out onto land, he hears the man speak, and he heals him. And between the time it takes for the whole pig thing and for the witnesses to spread the news to the city and country, by the time they come to see what has happened, not only is the garrison man in his right mind, but he's fully clothed and sitting at Jesus' feet. The people know his story. They know about his history. They know how he has been exiled and avoided. They know how little they want to be in relationship with him. And so this discovery is scary. They see the man and his wholeness, and they're afraid. And the man, the man doesn't really want to go home where people know his whole self. He'd rather be with the one who healed him with Jesus. Maybe he worried about awkward questions from those who aren't sure how to interact with him now. Maybe he's already preparing himself for misconceptions about his struggle. Maybe he's worried that people will only see him as the outsider they tried to avoid and will just reject him again. The garrison man begs Jesus so that he can stay with him, but Jesus knows how important this man's story is. Just like the stories of those Jesus had encountered throughout his ministry, this man, too, has a story to tell. It's not just a healing story, but a story filled with grace, with reconciliation, with a new wholeness in Jesus. Jesus says, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. Jesus calls him into a new life, a life sharing his story of God and grace and healing through Jesus Honestly, if no human distinctions mattered to Jesus, then this man's story wouldn't be nearly as powerful to those who would hear it. And so, having these texts together allows them both to speak to us. Our differences shouldn't keep us from being one in Jesus, and we're called to share our lives, our differences, our stories. It's not about erasing our differences or all assimilating until we're the exact same person. We're called to share the ways Jesus has brought us grace, healing, and wholeness, which for children of God means sharing ourselves and how much God has done for us. And unfortunately, we don't always do a good job of lifting up those voices and experiences from those who are different from us. So many people experience feeling erased, 
feeling invisible, feeling outcast in varying degrees. Sometimes this happens in families, in our workplaces, in our social groups, and unfortunately, often in our churches. I started working on a list of all the human distinctions I could think of that are often forgotten or excluded. I thought of veterans, of refugees, of those dealing with mental health, addiction, or different physical abilities. My heart hurts for people of color and indigenous peoples and for all who experience victimization from emotional or physical violence. I find myself wondering how to lift the voices of those who face poverty and homelessness. And I wish there weren't so many stories from the LGBTQ plus community of being excluded from churches, from families, from places of belonging. I even found myself thinking about all the ways we judge people and separate ourselves from those we deem to just be a bit too different for us. I think of metalheads and bikers or hippies and hipsters, people who grew up in the country or people who love this city, and I know I'm still missing differences and identities and titles that make up who we are because God made us so diverse, so varied, and in this complexity, in our diversity, we struggle to be one together while also accepting and loving one another. Galatians 3.28 has been both a verse of hope and inclusion and one of heartache and erasure for me. Intentionally or not, I got the message that I was welcome and invited into the church no matter the differences or distinctions between myself and others. But if my differences weren't obvious, like the hair, then it was better to just not bring them up. It was better to just leave those parts of myself out, keeping them invisible. It has taken me four years of conversations, reading, and prayer with Jesus to be able to say that I can't be invisible anymore. I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community. I'm the B in LGBTQ. I'm bisexual. And because I'm in a monogamous, committed marriage with my dear husband, Greg, because I haven't named that truth in a church setting in the last four years, people assume that that isn't part of who I am. And I recognize that for many of you, this is the first time you've heard this about me. I'm sure you have questions or concerns, and there will be time. I created a little half sheet, even, to help with resources and answers to some common questions, because that is how organized I am and they will be available after worship. I'll be in coffee hour today in adult education as we look at Paul's similar words in Ephesians, and I have appointments available all week, and our mutual ministry committee is also available if you'd like to meet through them. It has been four years of working through why it matters that I share this part of myself publicly. And for a while, I convinced myself that it was just easier to let people assume what they wanted and to just be part of the one in Jesus. But it felt like I wasn't really part of the one. And so even when it hurt, even when it meant I couldn't ask for support from my church community or from the LGBTQ community, even when it meant holding back when my experience or knowledge would have been helpful. Amen. Good job, Kathleen. Even when it felt I even when I felt shackled and hidden away. Through it all, Jesus has ever been present for me, reminding me of his love and grace in my life, reminding me that I am loved exactly as I am for who I am. 
But like the Pharisee man seeks to follow Jesus, instead of returning home, I've been afraid. Afraid for awkward conversations and dealing with misconceptions about my story. Afraid of being hurt. Afraid of being rejected. But Jesus has a peace about him. As he stood over the garrison, as he stands by me, by each of us, Jesus never said following him would be easy or comfortable. And Jesus just kept calling me. Calling me to be authentic, to be honest, to be seen. And I kept ignoring it until I saw our epistle and gospel reading for today. Our Galatians text has been both a place of hope for me and a place of heartache. Our Luke reading and Jesus' calling to the garrison man, I kept hearing Jesus say to me, Declare how much God has done for you. Amen. Declare how much God has done for you. And God, God has done so much for me. God loved me when I felt unlovable. When I felt invisible. When I felt like an outsider. Jesus searched me out when I didn't want to be found. Jesus called me a child of God, knowing full well every part of me and my identity. Jesus called me to share his love, his grace, his story through me with others in ministry, in my friendships, in my whole life. God has done so much for me. And God has done so much for all of us. God calls us all children of God. God calls all of us together as one in Jesus, not in spite of our differences, but because God created a diverse world. God calls each and every one of us together. And like the garrison people first witnessing what God's call and boldness can do, sometimes it's scary. It's hard to come together naming and sharing our differences. It's often hard to move past our fears, our worries, our misconceptions. It's hard to bring our whole selves to Jesus calling for us in our lives. It's hard to be in shackles, and it's hard to be free. But for all the times we've been erased or accidentally erased others, for all the times we failed to come together as one in Jesus because of our differences, for all the moments when we feel too afraid, too rejected, too outcast to be our authentic selves with those we care about, Jesus comes to the lake shore. And Jesus knows what shackles feel like. He knows what trying to explain one's identity feels like. And Jesus knows what rejection feels like. And Jesus takes it all to the cross. All of it. Jesus dies on the cross to free us to love us, Jesus rises from the dead to call each and every one of us children of God, called and clothed in his grace, in his love, in his righteousness, called to share the light and love of Christ, so that we can be children of God together, sharing this message of love and grace and wholeness with those we meet, so that we can go to those places where people feel excluded from God's promises and declare that they too, we too, are all beloved, so that we can be church together, sharing our stories and celebrating God's grace, so that as one in Jesus, we can go out into this world, into our community, into our lives, declaring just how much God has done for us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Amen.